From Fortress Fund Managers, this is Do It For Grantly, a podcast where we speak with women and men in Barbados about their Grantleys and other money matters. I'm Kim Howard, Marketing Manager at Fortress, and my co-host is Omar Kennedy. Hello, listeners. An entrepreneur, author, and former financial manager. In today's episode, No One Wants to Work Forever, we're pleased to have Rene Delmas, longtime pension planning expert and pension director at Fortress. Today, we'll discuss pensions. How early should you start? Is there more than one way to successfully plan for retirement? Are there different options for business owners offering pension plans to their teams? It's definitely a packed episode. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So let's get to it. Financial security doesn't grow on trees. It's built brick by brick with smart investments and a strong partner. To retirement, education, and whatever your future may hold, we say, bring it on. At Fortress Fund Managers, we're not afraid of the hard work, long hours, or steady saving, just like you aren't. We know better than anyone that you can't just hope for good luck. Call Fortress Fund Managers on 435-7777 to build your personal fortress. Your future, our business, Fortress. Hello, welcome to Do It For Grantly. We're here with our 15th episode, No One Wants to Work Forever. I'm Kim Howard. (laughs) And I'm Omar Kennedy. And today we have with us Rene Delmas from Fortress Funds Managers. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be back. Good to have you, Rene. Today we want to talk a little bit about pensions, because as I said, the title of this episode is No One Wants to Work Forever. A Rene's pension boss. Exactly. The absolute pension boss. I think Rene's been working in pensions now for something like 30 years? 30 plus years, yes. All right. So, and he's not been doing this as a retired person. He's been doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Helping people to fund their futures for a positive and good retirement. So before we get into all of that, I just want to tell you a little bit about Fortress Fund Managers. Fortress is a mutual fund company based in Barbados. We've been established since 1996, and we offer mutual funds to both individual and organizational investors. And that is all that we do. We make sure that we provide you with those solutions that will help you fund your future in both Barbados and U.S. dollars through a number of mutual funds based in markets across the world. Omar will tell you a little bit more about what mutual funds are. A mutual fund is a fantastic investment product. It's one of my favorites, actually. It pulls together money from investors, um, yourself, myself, and puts it in one big pot. So you're not investing by yourself. You're investing with a lot of other persons who've put their money down in this pool, and then it's invested all over the world in different stocks, bonds, countries. And because you are investing in so many things, you can be invested in hundreds of these different types of, of instruments, you're not putting all of your money in one basket. It works on the principle of diversification, and that way you can, you can maximize your return while minimizing your losses. Which is always a good thing that you'd want to do. Absolutely. (laughs) This is episode 15. And so that means that we have at least another 14 episodes that you can listen to. If you've not listened to them before, you can catch up on our website or on any of your favorite podcast apps. We've actually touched a little bit on retirement before in our first season. So you can check that out as well. I believe that episode was... uh, Delayed gratification. (laughs) Yeah, that delay was on purpose. Yes, it was. We rehearsed that. So, (laughs) Rene, thank you for being here. You were with us on that episode, as well as another one called Not at the Dinner Table, where we talked about families and talking to your children and your family as a whole about money and money matters. Now, one of the most 
common questions we hear about retirement is just how early should you begin? Is it too, ever too early to begin? Oh, I, I always like to, to answer to this question, mm-hmm. Kim. There's never an, a, a right age, an early age, or a late age. Is it any age? Obviously, the earlier you can you do so, the better for you because you have a much longer time. The benefits of compound interest, if you remember school days, will work very well for you. But for whatever the circumstances, if you find yourself at 40 and haven't d- done it, well, you start at 40. But there's never early or too late age to start. You just start. Okay. And you said something about compound interest. So remind us again at Zali how that would play into things in this scenario. Compound interest um, is one of these great mathematical concepts, basically, <laughs> that works like interest on top of interest. So you, you invest, your principal grows with interest, and you, you keep that lump sum invested, and interest just keeps piling on and piling on and piling on. So, so for example, then, if you had $100 one year and you had a 10% return on it, it goes to 110, you are 10% interest. And then if you get 10% on that 110 again, you may get $11 interest instead of $10 interest. Is that how it works? Exactly. Okay, good. So you're getting the interest not only on the principal, but on the interest already accumulated on the principal previously. Okay. And on it goes. Mm-hmm. All right. So just how much do we need to enjoy a happy retirement? Um, you said it's never too early or too late to start. But what is it? What, what would be what would be the ideal figure that we need to live a happy retirement? Um, that's a very difficult question, Kim, <laughs> because each of us are different. We, we bring different scenarios to the table: be it age, be it how much we earn, how much we've accumulated. But let me just say, I, th- I think everything is relative. I remember growing up, and when it, when you spoke about a million dollars, that was an awesome amount of money. That could last you a lifetime. Today, yes, obviously it depends on how much you live, but I think each person, it, it depends where you are in your stage of life, what expenses you have, what you've accumulated. But I would say for if you're starting out for the first time and you want to start accumulating, I think you need to start looking at at least 10 to 15% of your income. Um, but yes, if you are of no rich retirement age and you have a million dollars, it can work. If you had $500,000, it can work. Obviously, the more you have, the better. But how do you get to that fund? You've got to start accumulating while you are working. You can't, you're not going to go into the bank and ask for a loan for retirement. You're not going to get it. <laughs> you've got to do it in your productive life. Understood. And, and retirement age is what, um, 67 years of, of, of age? For full pension from the national insurance, but you can go, and the law does allow you that you can retire from as early as 55. Okay. No but if you're fortunate enough to have sufficient assets, you can do so as early as 55. Understood. Now, this leads me to another question. Um, the retirement age has risen over the past decade or so. Um, how does that impact the working man, and how does it impact your retirement? Well... That really has driven more so from national insurance because as you delay your, your retirement, you delay the payment of the pension for the first time. But private sector has continued to, to stick at a, a 65 retirement age oh, okay. just as the norm. But once agreement is reached between you know employers and employees, 
you can you can go as early as early as 55. Mm -hmm. um, but Barbadians, like the rest of the world, are living much longer. Mm -hmm. So this increased longevity means technically one ought to have more money than say 20 years ago mm -hmm. because you're living longer. So pushing, you know, delaying your retirement as late as possible is considered to be more attractive and better because you then have um, you know more funds now to pay for your pension. I understand and if then I chose the early retirement option that means I would not have as much money in my retirement pot is that how it works? Correct. Okay. So obviously the earlier you go the longer you're going to live mm -hmm. so you better make sure and, and ensure that that pot of money is sufficient to pay for those extra years. I understand. Right so that in terms of that pot of money that's your own private pension correct but i just want to touch back a little bit on nis mm -hmm. and you mentioned that uh the retirement age for an nis is 67 years old well for a full pension for a full pension but you can get it as early as age 60 okay if you like okay right, with an appropriate actuarial adjustment and when you say appropriate actuarial <laughs> adjustment because i had to say that's a bad slowly. word there yeah <laughs> it's a triple a appropriate actuarial adjustment oh yeah, i like it no. I, I like that i like that yeah <laughs> I, I, what does that actually mean i specifically use the word adjustment rather than a reduction <laughs> <laughs> no that doesn't sound as good for the following reason if you're going to get it earlier mm -hmm. you're going to pay it for a longer period of time so if I was getting my pension from at 65, mm -hmm. but I prefer to get it from 60, mm -hmm. then I'm going to be paid a pension technically for five years more. more. Okay. So for that same pot of money to last five years more, it has to be actually adjusted, adjusted. <laughs> and not reduced. So if my pension pot then is $50,000 and they do some calculation and I'm supposed to get $3,000 a month or whatever have you, right? I'm just calling numbers off the top of my head. And that is when I retire at 65. If I retire at 60, that they would reduce, they, they would start to work with that same $50,000 pool. Correct. So the amount of money I'll be getting per month would be less. Would be less, exactly. Okay, I understand. So you get less for long. For longer. Well, hopefully. Yes, because yeah. we never know when we're going to die. All right. What do you say to people who say, well, I know some people work hard and they work long and, um, you know, they retire and then they drop down dead the next week and then get to enjoy the retirement. So I can just live now and lick up my money now. Again, <laughs> that's always a very challenging um, statement to respond to because, but very simply, none of us has the crystal ball. We don't know when we're going to die. So are we going to die a month after retirement or are we going to die 20 years after retirement? And I go back to when I um, got a, a mortgage for my house. The insurance company insisted that I have insurance on my life. Why? Because in the event that I died a year after my mortgage, then who's going to pay for it? The insurance policy would. So because we don't know when we're going to live, we're gonna, when we're going to die, sorry, we need some kind of insurance. And all things being equal, the average person will live the age 80, 85, longer for some, mm -hmm. hence we need a, pen, a retirement plan, a retirement um, part of money. Um, so yes, I may die one year after retirement, but equally I may live to be 100 years old. Agreed, and you can say, well, you know, you may die tomorrow, but suppose you live. Exactly what, correct. What happens then? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a straight road. So there's nothing to say that, well, I'm in great health now and I'll retire and I'll continue being in great health until I'm 93. 
there may be a lot of bumps in the road that you may not have anticipated, mm -hmm. that may not have shown their face before. Um, that may make things a lot more challenging too. It just, just makes sense to save and invest. Well, this brings an interesting point. Um, a lot of persons are saying that the NIS pension may not be sufficient. What, what do you say to that? Should persons have an alternate stream um, for, for investing in their pension as well, if they can? Oh, I, I agree 100% on that, uh, Omar. I think the NAS was there to provide a safety net. Mm -hmm. um, I, it, it does face some challenges right now. Um, but be that as it is, whatever pension you get from national insurance is, is great, but to rely on national insurance I don't think is, is wise and I think you should certainly take out alternate means of, of securing a, a pension. So that nothing wrong in getting two sets of pensions when you retire. The more money you get in retirement, the better. So I, this is where I put in my usual plug. You know, well, I believe a fortress mutual fund would be a fantastic um, way to supplement your NIS. I guess you would agree. Absolutely. And note what you just said, Omar, a fortress mutual fund. It doesn't even have to be a pension plan. If you happen to be work, if you happen to work for an employer that, that does not have a pension plan, there's nothing wrong in designating a mutual fund account to act as just that. Perfect. Just got to have the discipline not to go and touch it. <laughs> Other than that retirement. Yes. Agree. Right. And you said if the employer doesn't have it, but I, w I would argue that even if the employer does have it, there's nothing to say that you couldn't do that. So you could have NIS potentially coming down the line to you. You could have, if your employer has a pension plan, you could have that coming down the line to you at retirement. And then you've also taken the initiative to put aside some additional money on your own in a fortress mutual fund uh, to also be there for you when you retire. Well said, Kim. You've, you've hit it straight on. Absolutely correct. And I mean, because it, you can start with as little as $100 in the growth fund, that's in something that's achievable for most people. And then you can just continue to invest over time as your money permits, especially like you said, if you start younger, you have more time to build. You can build on that as your salary increases over the time and continue to invest over time so that by the time you get to retirement, if you've got at least those three options coming to you, you've got more coming than if you did nothing at all. Precisely. Agreed. And I, I believe on this point, I think we will be remiss if we did not mention the, the different fortress options. For example, um, Renee, I should ask, if I am 30 years old, I wish I was, if, I, if I'm 30 years old, would I potentially invest the same way as somebody who's 50 and closer to, to retirement? Uh, good question, Omar. Um, the investment theory would suggest that the younger we are, we have the ability to take on much more risks. And we can do that, especially in the investment world, by buying more into equities, which have the potential to give you much higher return. As a stock? As a stock, yes. Mm -hmm. um, whereas as we get closer to retirement and we exit in the world, or the, the, the work world, the world um, of work, yeah. mm -hmm. we, we tend to scale back on our risks because you know we now need income. Um, and that tends to lead people to, to take less investment risk and invest more in fixed income securities. So different lifestyles will dictate generally what different types of investments one should invest in. Okay, so, so what does Fortress have in these two, in these two um, realms? Well, we do actually have the two, two basic assets, which are equities or, or stocks. 
which has got our, our mutual fund called the Fortress Caribbean Growth Fund, mm-hmm. and the fixed income, which is the Fortress Caribbean High Interest Fund. Okay, so let me make sure I got this right. <laughs> so if I'm younger, I have the, uh, the ability to take on more risk. So if I'm younger, I may potentially want to invest in the growth fund. And as I get older, I may transfer or put more money into the income fund. That's correct. Okay, I understand. But at the end of the day, it, it will boil down to your own personal investment profile and, and how you view risk. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, that's what the, the experts would suggest. Okay, so you won't, you won't, if a young person comes in and says he wants to invest in the income fund, you won't stop him? And we say, won't. no, no, you're too young for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, too, yeah, so you need to be in the, okay, fine, I understand. But I think Fortress has a simpler way of sorting that out for you which is that the through the pension fund that Rene uh, is responsible for administering their number they've created a number of options that divide up that balance between uh, equities and bonds and fixed income so that it's more applicable to respective ages Rene could you elaborate on that a little bit yeah that's that's correct Kim um, so if you've been saving for retirement through an employer sponsored pension plan mm-hmm. you we do we did create those three different options um, that you just mentioned, um, recognizing that employees in their own right are experts in their field of business and not necessarily uh, retirement, mm-hmm. so that we have sort of pre-selected the, the asset classes, equities and fixed income, just in specifically in those three different um, options, so that you don't have to go and work out what should I be investing, when or how that's all done for you, you just select the shares, and those three shares are aggressive accumulator, more for the young person. Um, then you get to middle age, the conservative consolidator share, and then very close to retirement, the capital secure share. Okay. You just have to p- pick the share. We do all the investment in the background. Right, and so the capital secure, so you since that's close to retirement, that one is more invested in? In the fixed income. Right, and then so the opposite end of that would be the? Aggressive accumulator, more invested in the equities. Okay. Cool. I see we like A's here, the aggressive <laughs> accumulator. I know. What yeah. was the other thing? Um, Conservative consolidator. consolidator. No, no, no. The oh, oh, oh the actuarial appropriate actuarial adjustment. adjustment. Yes, yes. I'm going to have to find a way to put that on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, Accountants would love it. <laughs> I, I think they probably would. Maybe they should pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I wondered about, Rene, is right. We talked about. Um, if your company has a pension plan, but what about those companies that might not have a pension plan already? Or uh, say somebody's listening to us right now, you know, they're a smaller company, they've got a small outfit, you know, they've thought that it would be nice if they could offer it, but really and truly, uh, they're small, it sounds complicated. Do you have an option for, for employers in that boat? Because we have a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of startup type companies as well who are, who are showing themselves on strong footing. What, what would be an option for them? Well, I think um, one of the most appropriate options now, especially for, for smaller companies, and by small, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking 20 employees and under, mm-hmm. but it could equally apply to any, any size employer, is our recently launched Fortress Multi-Employer Pension Plan. Multi-employer? Multi-employer. Okay. So as the name suggests, many different employers, unrelated, can join this one pension plan. Oh. So just to sort of preempt this, previously, if you were an individual uh, employer and you wanted a pension plan, you could do so. You can, you took out your own individual employer-sponsored or standalone pension plan. But that meant 
you had to comply with legislation, which meant there's a cost attached to it because there are certain audits and actual valuations and renewals that had to take place, as well as the time to, to manage the pension plan. And we continue to get the, the complaint by smaller companies especially that they don't have those resources. Their resources should be more focused on running their business. And I think that's very understandable. Hence the multi-employer plan where they can simply come and join this one employer plan and just forget about it. All the effort involved in running this plan, doing all the audits, is all removed from the employers. They just pay their contributions every month and leave everything else to a, a, a board of trustees that will run the plan on their behalf. So they come to this plan, the costs are known, they can have a contribution rate that is different to all the other employers, so it's fine-tuned to their requirements and they just can forget about all the administration, it's all taken care of. I think that's fantastic because as a country, uh, many countries, these small businesses make up the bulk of, of, of businesses in, 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 the, in, the, in the country or island. This is very important because so many persons then potentially are going without pensions. And this is very important. So all of you um, small business owners, um, persons who are employees, listen out for this. This is a readily available option through Fortress where you can ensure that you do have a pension and you are prepared for your future. Because a lot of persons tend not to think about their pension because it's, it's so far off, especially when you're not starting a world of work. It's important to have persons who are in, the, in business, who've been in business for 20 years, plus to be able to manage your money for you and make sure that by the time you're finished working at you know 55 60 65 or 67 years of age you do have something there put down for you and because you're working for a small company for the majority of your life you know you still are taken care of and I'd just like to add here Omar that, that the, the costs of joining is fixed so there are no hidden costs there are no additional costs you just pay a fixed standard fee Wonderful. and off you go Perfect. So the larger employers would be the standalone type of pension plan. Generally then you speaking. have the MEP, the multi-employer pension plan, which would be for perhaps smaller, smaller employers. Is there something for an individual? Like if I were a self-employed person, is there an option that would be well-suited for me or is there just something straightforward that I could do? Yeah, well, um, individuals have the option of, of taking out the, their own account in, in, in the a pension plan or if they were in a previous plan you can transfer into individual plan called a registered retirement savings plan uh, and that works very much in the same way as a group pension plan money goes in you know it's invested and you, you, you just save for, for retirement so what happens at retirement so we talk about okay you have to go in and you save and there are all these different options but at retirement then what happens I've reached 65 67 and I decide, well, that's the end of it. I, I'm not working anymore. I want to collect on this pension that I've been saving for for so long. What happens then? Well, basically for defined contribution plans, which are the plans Fortress normally associates with, each person on retirement has this pot of money. And it's that pot of money that is going to be used to purchase your pension. Um, and again, the law says that the most you can get as a lump sum from, from your account at retirement is 25%. So most people take out the 25% as a lump sum because it's, it's tax-free. Um, and they're free to do, of course, whatever they like with it. But that remaining 75% is what is going to be used to pay you a pension every month for your life. 
And, and that can be done in two ways, either through an annuity with a life insurance company or through a drawdown with Fortress. And, and generally, the, the basic difference between the two is with the annuity, you basically give up ownership or control of the money. You hand it to the insurance company and they will do their calculations and agree to pay you a pension of X dollars per month for the rest of your life. Um, and, and when you die, that, that's it. So whether you live to be 100 or not, once you're alive, the pension is paid. There are certain guarantee peers that can be put in there, but that will then reduce the pension that you get when you're alive. With the drawdown, the, the difference is that there's no guarantee of the quantum of pension you will be paid. You continue to own the, own the assets. The pension may be higher or lower from the previous year. The key thing is when you die, the assets form part of your estates and like the annuity. All right, well, Rene, that's actually very interesting in that you have options. Now, you said that the regular annuity, there's once, uh, I think you said um, the insurance company will determine how much you get paid for the rest of, of your life. And then there are very options, various options that can happen in there depending on, I guess, what you want to do if case you pass before your spouse or something like that. Yes, these things called guaranteed periods. Okay. That you can put guaranteed in. Guaranteed periods? Guaranteed periods. Periods, okay. Mm -hmm. So as you increase the guaranteed periods, mm -hmm. the pension that's paid to you, the retiree, will decrease. Okay. So it's basically for the event, in the event of premature death. Right. Where if you die younger um, or earlier than expected, mm -hmm. there will be some payments made to the beneficiary. Okay. But if you live past those beneficiary periods and then you die, all the payments will cease. Mm. Okay. okay. So you have to kind of weigh your options. Correct. Because each person's circumstances are different and sometimes the annuity may be more appropriate and sometimes the drawdown may be more appropriate. Are there people for whom the income drawdown that you mentioned um, is never appropriate? Um, I would say, generally speaking, when the, the pension that you're going to receive, you are generally dependent on that to live from month to month. You know, you have certain bills, you don't have much disposable income, you need that money every month to get by. And hence, you probably may not be in a position to take the risks, like the people that take the drawdown, where your pension could reduce. If, depending on the performance of the assets back in the drawdown. Right, because it's still invested. Because it's still invested. You still mm -hmm. own it. You take the risks okay. in the drawdown. Um, so yes, I would say, generally speaking, if you really are totally dependent on that pension you, and you can't afford to have a drop of 5 or 10% in your pension, then the annuity may be the one for you. Because with the annuity, remember, you will never outlive it. Okay. Because once you're alive, you, can continue to get you it. will get your payment. Got it. Okay. okay. So that tells us exactly what happens and that then, you know, makes you think very carefully, at least for me, about how you set up things from the beginning. Because in terms of even being able to have options at the end, if you're solely dependent on this one particular source of income at the end of your life or the end of your working life, rather, mm -hmm. then it means that the other option is not really a good one for you. So you're kind of forced to take that one option. Yes. Yeah. 
so then it, it makes you you know think about what, about what we were talking earlier which is that you should try to find other ways to secure your future whether it is through nis as well as an employer pension as well as your own personal investments. absolutely okay. i'd like to add something to what you said renee um renee mentioned that you know if there was a drop of five or ten percent but it is good to know that the general trend of investments is up but um, so that's over the long term. But sometimes because there may be something that's happened in the world markets or whatnot that may cause a temporary drop of five or ten percent. Just just for example. But overall, you know, don't think this is something that happens regularly or whatnot. The general trend over the last hundred and some years is always up. I, I, I had decent clip. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, list, to speak with us this morning, Rene. And I wanted to just remind our listeners that the we always welcome your input. And I would like you to tell us what in retirement looks like for you. If you have any thoughts about retirement and what that could look like, please email us at info at fortressfund.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Fortress Fund Managers. Next week, we are going to be here with Davinia Tomlinson, who is the managing director of RainCheck, a company out of the UK that was set up to help women fund their financial futures and we're looking forward to that conversation very much she's our first international guest so (laughs) um i hope you'll join us next week for our next episode of do it for grantly see you see you then bye do it for grantly is a production of fortress funds managers you can listen to and download all our episodes in all the good places podcasts are available including soundcloud google and apple podcast tune in and more or on our website, fortressfund.com. That's fortressfund.com, where you can also find this episode's show notes explaining all the financial terms we mentioned in the show. Remember, let us know what you think about the podcast, this episode, or other money matters. You can email us at info at fortressfund.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram at Fortress Fund Managers. Most people find out about podcasts through recommendations, so spread the word and tell your friends about our show. Until next time, I'm Kim Howard. And I'm Omar Kennedy. Thanks for listening.